Requiem of the Outcast 36 for April 2007. Hey, you. Yeah, you. We know you're out there. Rejects from society. Artists. Writers. Poets. Filmmakers. Get off the couch. Make something. The world is waiting to hear your voice. And so are we. We are the Requiem of the Outcast. Are you an outcast? And now, presidential candidate Richard Siegfried. Hello, everyone. I'd really like to thank you for coming out today. I know a lot of you travel from very far away. Steve, thank you so much for coming. I know I know with your wife pregnant and everything, it was a huge uh, sacrifice for you to come out here. And I just want to let everybody know that I appreciate uh, you coming out because I've, I've, I've got some big news about my uh, my presidency or my upcoming presidency. <laughs> we all like to be positive thinkers around here. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President. Yes, uh, uh, Kyle. Yes, uh, this is uh, Kyle Broflowski from the South Park News, and I'd like to ask you, sir, if you don't mind, when you say big news, would you say it is bigger than a breadbasket? Well, uh, you know, if you were to actually take the uh, importance and and the, the... the seriousness of this news, and were to um, you know form it into some kind of tangible object, I would actually say it's about um, six and a half inches larger than your uh, standard uh, bread basket. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President. Uh, yes, Gertrude. Yes, sir. I just have a. It's well. First of all, I'm Gertrude Smothers Mrs. Smithers from the Jelly Corporation News. And I just had to ask, um, as many of the white boys in our nation must shout, we have to ask, will your presidency have back? Uh, well, much like uh, Hillary Clinton recently did when uh, she was out really uh, down in the South, and uh, she had used some of the local colloquialisms uh, to try to, uh, you know, pander, not pander might be a tough word, to try to relate to the uh, to the crowd. I would say um, not only uh, does it have back, but you could even say it has a uh, badonka donk. Um, it, it, I've honestly thought because of the way that I'm running and, and how seriously I'm taking this, you, I, I've even thought about using Sir Mix-a-Lot as possibly uh, Secretary of the Interior. I've got time for uh, one more question. Uh, yes, uh, Mr. President. Uh, Bob, Bob, hey, it's great. To, I didn't know you were able to make it. I know. I, I, my wife died in time for me to make it. I was very glad I could uh, show up. Uh, she just I, passed away, and I was like, thank God, because those family reunions. I, I understand yeah. that you weren't very fond of your mother-in-law, so I, I imagine that that the kind of pain she's feeling is probably making you feel a lot better. 
Exactly, and now, she, since I'm no longer in any way attached to her, it's much more like just a strange woman I can ignore. Mr. President, or rather, Mr. Siegfried, I should say, <laughs> uh, if you would, of course, we know so much about you and uh, your fantastic work in the podcasting community. Who do you plan to attach to your campaign, uh, shall we say, as a sort of a vice presidential candidate? Ah, the, the big question. Finally, somebody asked it. I, I was hoping that it would come out. Actually, uh, a big announcement here, folks. Uh, the, the person that I'm going to be uh, choosing as my running mate is somebody I've worked closely with for the past few years. Uh, he is a, a, a very unique writer. Um, I, you could even say that he is one of a kind, especially not only in his writing, but... Uh, just uh, the way he carries himself in his uh, in his appearances. As a matter of fact, there have been many a time that at parties he's a very loving man. That at many of these these parties uh, he becomes very loving himself, and not of himself, but just uh, of others around him, constantly telling them how much he loves them. And I know that's the kind of person that I want standing uh, side by side with me, having my back as we face some of the uh, major issues and, and problems with this country to try to bring us back to the glory that our forefathers had originally uh, anticipated for this, this great land of ours. And I That's would, right, but, ladies and gentlemen. I, Earl Newton, writer, loving person, creative, unique, am going to be Rich Secret's vice presidential Earl, candidate Earl, for the... What? Earl, what? Earl. Um, what? You know... Um, we 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 talked about this this earlier, dude. What? Um, we I, you, I I I I'm 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 not going with you, man. You you said that, you, but you said okay. You said that if I could clear away the time, you said that I could. Do. I, I was talking about this episode, not not the, the running mate thing, dude. Oh. Are you kidding, dude? Freaking Stranger Things has like has like six thousand downloads of its first episode. Jesus. You had 1,800 subscribers before your first episode released. Dude, you don't have time for helping me run the country. I, I, I think... <laughs> hold, hold on just a moment, folks. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm serious, man. I mean, look, look, look. Stranger Things, Stranger Things is going to be your legacy, man. I mean, okay, look, look. I'm, I'm, my legacy. Oh, that's it's gonna be my. Okay. Okay. Well, so, it's, wait, wait, wait. So wait. So so wait. So you, you said he's a writer. Writer. He's he's very creative. He's unique. And he, you're he's a writer. loving person. You're right. Okay. So wait. So wait. So wait. So wait. So wait. So wait. Who, who are you writing? Davy. Davy Beauchamp. Yeah, Davy. Oh. Oh. Mother. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Rich, get off of your podium. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back <laughs> to Requiem of the Outcast. Oh, yeah, way, way to kill, way to kill the, the, the moment there. You know, I'd set up this entire soundscape that it sounded like we were actually having a press conference. Even had the sound effects of the photographers, and I'll probably, I, I probably will have even added, because this will all be done in post, the, the sound effect of this as if it's a microphone in a crowded room, and you've just completely destroyed that illusion. I just asked you to get off the podium. How much more real does it get? This is theater of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually on a podium right now? Wait a minute. <laughs> well, I, I, I was. I mean, you don't record like that. I always, re I always like to have a podium in front of me so I can... I always <laughs> pretend that I'm, I'm freaking John Litgow uh, from Footloose, like preaching to the, the people. I mean, waving my hands around and stuff like that. I usually, I usually have my copy of Podcasting for Dummies that I constantly wave around and relate to whenever we record. Like the good book, yeah. <laughs> Turn, please, to Chapter 7. 
<laughs> oh my lord, dude. Although I, I like to do the same thing. I like to have a podium. I just like to not to wear pants behind it. <laughs> I won't. I, I won't go further. And you know somebody, <laughs> and you know somebody else who doesn't wear pants when they uh, record their episodes, and that's Kingfish from GeekLabel.com. <laughs> I just feel like name dropping right now. I just yeah, really. I, okay. I just wanted, I, well, I'll tell you what. Ready, ready. Hold on, hold on. Name dropping. Hello. Where did I just come from? Oh, I think it was a meeting with a Scott Sigler. Uh, Scott Damn. Sigler, and who's that? Oh, you know what? He he will sick his junkies on you, Rich. They're mean junkies too. They're nasty. They're like the junkies he used to warn you about in like Saturday afternoon specials. Don't They're make mean. me get the chicken scissors. <laughs> oh my God, the chicken scissors, Sigler. Oh my God. Well, you know, speaking of Scott Sigler, uh, like you said, you had a meeting with him, but what could that meeting have been about? Didn't uh, didn't you just recently work on a project with him? Could it possibly I have did. been for uh, Stranger Things? It could have been. Are you not sure? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't remember. He bought me alcohol. I'm lucky to be alive. I think that's how he does most of his deals. He is on Podcho. <laughs> Speaking of Podcho, I got to throw out to you, man. I watched the or listen, excuse me, I listened to the uh, Adam Curry interview that you did. And I got to say unbelievable stuff. I mean, I I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and like like stump on the podium but it really just amazing amazing like i don't know if anybody else got to check it out if you have not you need to go to recommendwithoutcast.com and check out the adam curry interview almost an hour isn't it of uh pure yeah, curry it's, action it's just over an hour where we find out all, all kinds of things about uh adam curry and and pod show and and what his wife thinks of him and everything yeah it's uh and that's the, the, i'll tell you what the amazing thing about that interview that i found first of all is you know a, you just t- came across uh, so sharp, oh, thank really you. polished. Like when you're when you were, when I was listening to it, I was just like, oh my god, this is a ama- like like because I mean, let's be real, this is Adam Curry, right? I mean, this actually is Adam Curry, sort of helped get the whole wagon turning. You right. Know what I mean, like he, he created he, he, he created he would the be first like Noah aggregator. doing the ark. You know exactly <laughs> right. And he's just as cranky as Noah doing the ark. No, um. <laughs> And his hemorrhoids are just as bad. No. Uh, <laughs> I got to build this boat. We got all these animals I got to get on. God, couldn't you have made it easier? I, this is a pain in my ass, literally. Um, anyway, all right, bring the, the two donkeys on now. That's right. <laughs> I just, I, it was really amazing. And the, the thing that was especially cool is that you asked him some seriously hard questions. Well, I you didn't you didn't ask him like the what's your favorite you know like you weren't like James Lipton up there going you know please bend over so that I may begin the interview you know what I mean you were not kissing his butt at all it was it was it was really like hey you know tell us about this tell us about that what about the contracts at Pod Show how's the working relationship like what do they do yeah. with the artists that they work with it was really good well and and I really have a lot of uh, thanks to give out to folks like Paul Fisher of the Balticon podcast. Uh, Steve Ely from Escape Pod, um, also the the guys from Switched On, uh, Switched On Show. They, you know, I as soon as I found out that I was going to actually have some FaceTime with Adam Curry, I asked people like, hey, um, if you had the chance to ask Adam Curry anything, what would you ask him? They were like, oh, well, you know, I'd ask him, you know, why he had his head up his ass, uh, and I was like, no, ser- <laughs> no, I was like, no, no, seriously. I, I actually have an interview with him. I'd really like some questions, your thoughts on that. And they were like, really? So, you know, once most people got over the initial shock of, wow, you mean he's actually, you know, coming out and mixing with the masses, then it was just a matter of coming up with the questions. And, you know, I mean, I was I was genuinely impressed. I've never been a 
uh, Curry fan. Um, I, I've kind of felt that a lot of the things that he did was strictly to monetize podcasting, monetize this kind of homebrew. Mm-hmm. And what surprised me was that when I, you know, asked him a question similar to that, he was like, "Yes, we've always been in the process of monetizing it." And it was just, it was that kind of brutal <laughs> See, honesty where it's, it's like, <laughs> I mean, to a to a certain extent, you know, he is kind of the villain of most uh, local podcasters, but he acknowledges that, and to an extent, it lessens any kind of evil thoughts that you might have towards him. I mean, I came away, you know, genuinely impressed, and and I have I have a new respect for him. I really do. Not just as See, as saying, a podcaster, but as a person. You that's the thing is you can't really uh, blame somebody for that kind of behavior if they don't if they just come out and say that is what I'm doing. Like 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 if you if you walk up to Curry and you're like you're trying to monetize podcasting and he, I mean his answer is yes. And then the, I mean, what how do you come back to that? You're like well you, meanie stop it. <laughs> well I mean what do you like he's, he's straight up about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 that was the thing. I mean, he he came across as, yeah, yeah, as yeah, a, literally, literally like like podcasters running up to Adam Curry. You're trying to monetize podcasting, yeah? Well, well, have you seen my show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's get real here. Everybody's against monetizing until the money the monetization moves their way. That's that's it. Most most people that are upset about it are are the ones that haven't been approached yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but but no, honestly. Honestly, and I mean, and I've I've given shit uh, to to Curry for the the whole you know Wikipedia stuff and 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 and, and all that stuff, and so it was just really yeah, cool and to he get was the... really straight up about that stuff too. I mean, you yeah. hit him, you just said, hey, what about this? What about that? It was I kind of felt like I was watching like CNN or something. I'll be honest with you, or listening to CNN. It really did sound like. Well, I mean, even more hard-hitting because most news organizations aren't that straightforward. I mean, you were just straight up like, what about this? Explain this. And he yeah, he was great about it. And, you know, I mean, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I had just come from StellarCon. I had just driven four hours, was looking at another hour and a half uh, drive to get <laughs> home afterwards. I had slept five hours the entire weekend, lots of alcohol, lots of hanging out and whatnot. So you were kind of so, suffering from what they call Sam Jackson syndrome. Yes, exactly. It's where I was, you just don't give a damn. Pretty much. I was I was I was pretty much done. I was surprised I was able to pull anything out. And honestly I think that that uh, eased a lot of the just kind of general nervousness that I usually have. Plus, I think a lot of it, um, just because, I mean, God I've, knows I've been doing this for four years, uh, actually almost five, and I still get nervous talking to people sometimes. But it, it was just one of those things where it was like, it's Adam Curry. What's the worst thing that can happen? What's What can he do? He can He, he can't. And that's that's the beauty of podcasting. I mean, there's nothing that he could do. He can't shut my show down or anything like that. And to be honest, that kind of gave me considerable confidence to ask him the tough questions. And again, to be honest, he he answered them, uh, uh, you know, genuinely, honestly, and it it really kind of warmed me up to him. You know. See, my my biggest concern is that like uh, like Adam Curry may be like the Dracula of podcasting. Do you know how uh, in all the Dracula movies, like, Dracula makes all these little kids and they spread across the world and there's all these vampires all across the world, but if you kill Dracula, all the vampires die? I'm afraid that if anything happens to Adam Curry, all the RSS feeds will stop working. <laughs> They'll just be, no, it'll be like, what happened? Their unholy power is gone. It'd be like Anthony Hopkins, you know, with a weird accent and a big hat, going, their power is gone now. Well, we and, are and- once again cleansed. Well, you know, I was worried about that at first until iTunes came out with podcast aggregation because before that, I think uh, 
iPod or X or Juice or whatever the hell it was called, the one that he created was like the most widely used <laughs> aggregator. Yeah. So, uh, but see now, now that uh, the power of Jobs is, <laughs> is, I'm a total Mac convert. Have I told you that? I'm a complete Mac convert. A friend of mine, in fact, I'll tell you about it later. A friend of mine uh, just got joined or just joined Apple, at, at working in the retail stores, and it's. It is an Apple Zealot's dream. I mean, they're just showing you all these cool things coming out and wait, just wait, 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 wait. You notice how most Mac people that they tend to glamorize or romanticize anything dealing with Apple, and you just said he joined with Apple in retail. Doesn't that mean that he got hired at like one of the stores? No, no, no see, you get you get hired at other stores. At Apple, you join with them. <laughs> It's <laughs> we are Apple. <laughs> you, you will be assimilated. <laughs> you you will be assimilated with great products and low prices. Um, actually, that's the one thing about Apple: the prices are not that low. It's 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 a very expensive cult, as it yeah. turns out. The Kool Aid the Kool Aid was made in France. I mean, it's expensive. <laughs> Hi, I'm an I employee. You know, and uh, an I employee. That's exactly right. <laughs> And Remember, there is no I in team, but there is an I in Apple. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> there is an I in pie, in, in meat pie, an algae team meat pie. I don't you know what would be really great? If, if there's like a bunch of, like, like, the, like the boss at Apple. Remember, team, there is no I in I team. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, actually, sir, there is. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, we always hear the reports that uh, working for Apple is so great that they've got all of the, uh, you know, the, the kind of flexibilities that Microsoft used to have and that you can mm -hmm. come in whenever you want to. It's a very, you know, uh, cre creative uh, person uh, mm -hmm. atmosphere and whatnot. But I think that's just that's just the nice thing that they show. You know, they don't they don't show, you know, the Guatemalan sweatshops where the, you know, the <laughs> the iPhones are currently being manufactured <laughs> and the iPods, like you know. Here at the Apple Store in Abu Ghraib. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they at least cut eye holes so they can see in the hoods. Eye holes? Yeah, it's eye, they are. They're eye holes. They're I-H-O-L-E-S. <laughs> oh, God, Earl, we've got to stop recording so late when we're so tired. It gets oh, dark. Oh, my God, eye holes. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that would be so awesome as if they come out with, like, eye bag. We've got eye mask. That would be what it is. Steve Jobs introducing the new Halloween product from Apple, eye mask. It even comes with eye holes. <laughs> oh, my God. The real question is when Steve Jobs is on a summer day and he wants something to cool him off, does he eat ice cream? <laughs> oh. Hey, there our last listener just died. Well done. Well done. That was good. Now we can truly scream our scream our truth into the into the piercing void. Well done there, Rich. I appreciate that. And and in true and and in tribute to Zay Frank, somebody who we'll talk about later on. Are the new yes. listeners gone yet? <laughs> That's exactly right. Are the new listeners gone yet? You, I, I, we're gonna get there. Let's move on. Let's move, let let's hit the cons because I got so, I gotta hit you. Or excuse me, uh, there's some other stuff ahead. Go ahead, hit that first because I okay. got, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna just rail against you about Zay Frank. <laughs> All right, now the uh, just to give a quick Outcast multimedia update, um, Cinema Freaks is coming out next month. For those Woo! of you who listened to uh, the Snakes on a Plane commentary I did with Lee Sherolis of uh, BetterYouThanMe.net and Sam <laughs> Samantha Allen 
from randomassembly.com. Those are both web comics. These are the folks that I met at UberCon. They're really cool cats. I'm telling you, you'll like them. And we're bringing you the Cinema Freaks finally. So I've got some, you know, co-hosts. It's the, again that old school dynamic that Ron Janine and I had. I've got mm-hmm. with with Lee and Sam. You can kind of get a taste for that with the Snakes on a Plane commentary, which almost ended up like the what I imagined the original uh, planning sessions for Rocky Horror Picture Show ended up with the the fan participation. Uh, I, by the way, I have that. to stop you. I have to stop you. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's a very brief pause. Remind me at the end of this episode, and I'm going to tease everybody with it now. Remind me at the end of this episode, I have a new game we have to play. I've just figured one out. All right, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, Cinema Freaks is going to be handling mainstream media. We're going to be covering everything from uh, comics, movies, music, television shows. As long as it's mainstream, we're going to be tackling it. And as Lee Shirolis came up with the perfect tagline for the show, your monthly mainstream mockery. (laughs) <laughs> which I think fits it very well. So we're going to be giving some good information. We're going to have some really great segments. Uh, Lee has taken point on this first episode. He's the one that's uh, producing it, coming up with most of the content. And uh, Whoa. If, and if possible, I'm going to be throwing in the interview, assuming that there's time, because like I said, Lee has been kicking ass on this episode when it comes to planning. And if there's time, I'll be releasing the Jim Butcher interview that I did at uh, StellarCon. If you're not familiar with who Jim Butcher is, you may be familiar with the current running TV show on sci-fi called The Dresden Files. He is the creator and writer of the original books that it's based on. He is a really funny guy. Um, he uh, he absolutely blew me away uh, in one of the panels that he did at StellarCon. He's a really funny guy. I think you'll get a big kick out of the interview. We cover everything from The Dresden Files to uh, Codex, his... Uh, his, one of his other major book series to even talking about uh, Joss and Wonder Woman. So uh, it's going. Nice. It, it, it's a really good interview, and you'll can tune into cinemafreaks.net sometime in April, uh, probably within the first 10 to 15 days of April. That episode should be released. Cool. Now, I wanted to give a quick um, – I'm sorry, I had to take a drink. Um, wanted to go through a quick con report. Um, StellarCon was an absolute blast. Got to hang out with a lot of cool folks. Christiana Ellis from Nina Kimberly, as well as her new show, Sci-Fi Smackdown, which got 500 digs um, the very first day it was released. It's a really funny show. Hearing her do impressions of Adama, Ty, uh, Colonel Ty from BSG, Coupled nice. with uh, William Shatner doing her Captain Kirk, it was just it was it's a really funny show, absolute uber geekery. But check it out, Sci-Fi Smackdown. Uh, the website will be in the show notes. Um, also hanging out with Nuri from and Michelle from Artist Alley Podcast, which is uh, CandyCornStudios.com. Uh, let's hear who else did we get to hang out with? Um, we also got to hang out with uh, Grayson Wolf. Now you want that is an interesting cat, and I'm looking forward to yes, hanging out with is. him more often. Um, I, I told you I had to share a room with Grayson Wolf one time. Mm-hmm. He's he's much more wolf than Grayson. That's all I'll say. <laughs> and um, thanks to uh, finding out about a particular fan subsect of Mister Adventure, shall we say? Um, that are you uh, gonna, are you going to leave that vague? 
Um, I'm yes, I'm I'm going to leave it vague because let's just say that we've always tried to make the show family friendly, uh, mainly for the kids, and we found <laughs> that we've got a few we've got a few mommies that sure like the show. Um, but anyway, in as a I'm very tur- special as, way, as I'm turning very bright red right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But Wait, do just do come on, dude. Just do a little bit of the voice for the ladies at home. Come on. For the ladies at home. For the ladies at home. Hello, ladies. This is Mr. Adventure. Don't forget to catch me at pulpadventures.net, as well as in your dreams. Um. Okay. So. Okay. There we go. <laughs> but that was. But you know what? Talk, that but, almost did something for me, Rich. I'll just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I Sapphire don't get it, City. But... Sapphire City may be safe, but it's a it's a naughty place after dark. <laughs> anyway, you need to do a Sapphire City after dark. Actually, episode. that's. <clears throat> I was kind of getting to something similar to that. Um, actually, after hearing about these kinds of things, um, Grayson uh, said that he might be able to get me in touch with a writer of a particular kind of fiction. And yes. so there, there might be another podcast coming out from Podcasting's Rich Sigfrit, which Hi, will be, which will be specifically, uh, <laughs> so specifically aimed for the ladies. So, as oh I am my still, God, Rich, and I, I need to immediately transition to, uh, <laughs> to, to the conventions that we're going to be doing. <laughs> Yeah, so let's go to the convention real quick. Let's let's hit the, let's hit them quickly because there's a bunch of good stuff. Uh, I know you're gonna be April 20 to the 22nd at RavenCon in Richmond, mm-hmm. Virginia. Right. Tell me, uh, what what are some of the things gonna be happening down at RavenCon? Um, obviously this is a uh, it's a ver- it's a literary convention. Um, some of the guests that are gonna be there, Sherilyn Lambeth, who's a good friend of mine. She's a costumer as well as a current CEO of the Carolina Garrison 501st. We've also got uh, T. Morris, who's one of the uh, convention organizers, uh, which his podcast, Billabub Battings in the Case of the Singing Sword, the patio book, is currently uh, in in running right now, which is a tremendous book, and the audio is just as good, if not better, because, of course, he is uh, he's a hell of a dramatist, and he can really bring a lot of uh, flesh to or a lot of uh, personality to the characters that he doesn't already do in writing. Uh, he especially does it with his voice. Um, Christiana Ellis, uh, as mentioned earlier, of Nina Kimberly in Sci-Fi SmackDown is going to be there. Um, Stu Jaffe from uh, the Eclectic Review is going to be there. Met him at RavenCon last year. He's a great guy. Uh, we've got a few other folks that are going to be coming out. None that I can remember really off the top of my head because the last time I looked at the guest list was probably, oh, a week ago. While I was looking for people to take part in our live Mr. Adventure yes. performance, this is going to be the first one of the season. And as a matter of fact, we've got three additional ones lined up. The first one being May 18th through the 20th at Mobicon in Mobile, Alabama. Also, May 25th through the 28th at Balticon in Baltimore, Maryland. Which, yes. are you going to be going to that this year? I will be. I'll be at Mobicon, and I will be at uh, Balticon. I'm look- have you looked at Balticon's guest list? Uh, I know that the uh, main guests, uh, the the new media guests of honor, are Mike and Evo from the Dragon Page, which is that's, exactly that's pretty right. big doings. But they've also got Larry Niven and Jerry Purnell. Who no are kidding. Big, big, big time sci-fi writers. That's a, Balticon. My uncle, I was actually one of the founders of Balticon. Did I tell you that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, my well, he wasn't. He wasn't like a. He he was like one of the you know twelve or twenty 
that was there in the very beginning helping and getting everything established, setting things up. He brought in guests like Isaac Asimov, uh, Frank Herbert, all these big guys. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, I just the thing about Balticon, it's so awesome. Not only is it rapidly becoming a pretty strong podcaster con, mm-hmm. but they get some of the best literary uh, and media guests around. I mean, last year they had Neil Gaiman, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. It was an awesome, awesome time. So, uh, Balticon, I will definitely be there at uh, May 25th to the 28th, Memorial uh, Day weekend, at Marriott's Hunt Valley Inn in Baltimore, Maryland. If you guys can mm-hmm. be there, you should. It is unbelievably a good time. Mm-hmm. And wrapping up a three-convention story arc for Mr. Adventure, on June 1st through the 3rd is Con Carolinas in Charlotte, North Carolina. Con Carolinas has long been um, the, the show's home convention. They were the... Mm-hmm. First convention that brought us in as guests, Ron McClung has uh, always been uh, really good to us, and so we're we're really looking forward to that as well as seeing you know seeing all the friends that we always uh, get to run into at Con Carolinas. Let me ask um, you a question, Rich, if you don't mind. Uh, I'm seeing, sure. of course, RavenCon, Mobicon, Balticon, Con Carolinas. All of these have got mm-hmm. a Mr. Adventure performance attached to them. Let me ask you, is it the same show? So, like, if I can't make it to Balticon, but I can go to Con Carolinas, will I see the same show, or will it be a different show? Like, same character, same actors, different actors, same story, different story? How does that work? Well, it's going to carry some of the same characters. Uh, obviously, Mr. Adventure, Kid Adventure, Solomon Stone, because and the narrator, because those are the ones I do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the biggest thing about that is actually, no, they're all going to have their own stories. Oh, wow. As a matter of fact, between Mobicon, Balticon, Con Carolinas is going to be an overlapping story arc where literally we will be able to say, tune in next week and you'll be able to hear uh, the continuation of the story. Which, of course, those will all be recorded and released online. And if for any reason whatsoever we have any technical issues that we are not able to record the shows live, we will obviously be putting out a studio cut. Um, I'm hoping to also get video of it so you can kind of see some of that. But uh, as we did at Con Carolinas last year, but one thing with the video is that since a not a lot not a lot is going on, so to to kind of justify the larger download of a video file, I usually try to throw out the audio as well. So there yeah. may not be video from those, but we are going to try to get it for archiving purposes. But uh, after that, we of course have got August third through the fifth. We've got Trinicon in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is a smaller con. Um, probably won't be a, a guest there. But then also we've got August 31st through September 3rd, the big one, yes. Dragon Con, Atlanta, Georgia, will be my I second one. I am fighting to be there. I am fighting uh, to be there. Oh, dude, that'll be awesome, man, because I had so damn much fun last year, which, of course, that is the home of the Parsec Awards, which Requiem of the Outcast yes. was, of course, uh, nominated and a finalist in two separate ones. Mr. Adventure was nominated for two and a finalist in one, as well as Port City PD, a project that I'm also tied into as the Vodcast Technical Supervisor, was a finalist in one of the categories that it was nominated in. See, I'm definitely hoping. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but... I'm definitely hoping Stranger Things gets nominated this year. We would love to come out there and uh, and do that. But I'm coming either way. It's going to be fun. Yeah, Stranger Things will definitely be nominated, and I would honestly be surprised if it's not a finalist. Don't jinx me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay for me to say that. You're the one that aren't isn't allowed to say it, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I don't. I mean, either way, it's just I've never gotten to go to Dragon, and I have ever since I began my contouring. My God, my contouring. Ever since I began to sand chairs. <laughs> 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 Ever since I began doing the con circuit, uh, 
it's everyone has said you gotta be a Dragon Con, you gotta be a Dragon Con. And I've been to like uh, Comic Con, I've done to the whole big deal, never been to Dragon Con, and everyone says it's awesome. So I have, I am gonna be there. And since I know everybody now, I mean, I know Steve Eli, I know you, I know Murr, I know uh, Jason Adams from Random Signal, I know all these different people now. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I've heard. I don't want to pitch too much because I don't know what the deal is, but I have heard Scott Sigler is throwing a pretty crazy party there. I don't know. Could be, Ooh. maybe not. Don't want to ruin too much. It might be by invite only, but I sincerely doubt it. If, <laughs> if I know Scott, it will be by invite only, and you're all invited. <laughs> <laughs> but only if you bring a friend. Yeah, naturally. Either woman or alcohol. I think that's all that's yeah. required to get in. But no, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a pretty crazy time. All right. Well... Folks, uh, we're bringing back an old school segment. Uh, comments we've we've had over the uh, past while. We've had uh, quite a few emails and uh, posts on the on the website. You know, feedback left on the website that uh, we've kind of glossed over. Um, and that is a great shame because we're always asking for uh, comments and feedback and whatnot, and you guys have been giving it, and uh, we just haven't been reading them. But what yes. I'm going to do is I'm going to read uh, – we actually have two kinds of comments uh, this, this month. We've got regular comments and we have emo comments, which I'll get to the emo comments in just a minute. Um, just to uh, – I'm going to go ahead and say two comments uh, or read two of the comments that we got. Uh, both of them from our last episode, which was Roto 35, where I talked to the Done the Impossible guys. Keep in mind that the Adam Curry interview was a special edition, a special right. episode, which I am hoping to do more of those because, I, you know, uh, between the Adam Curry one and my lunch with Sean O'Rourke, had a lot of fun with those, and I'm thinking about possibly making an interview series, My Lunch With... Because I know I've had amazing conversations with some folks uh, during lunch. Everything, everybody from, uh, you know, T. Morris. Uh, you know, I always try to grab grub with uh, Christiana and Nuri whenever we go out um, at a con. Mike Stackpole had a hell of a conversation with him once. Uh, also, you know, also J.R. Blackwell and Jared Axelrod. Uh, you know, just having having great uh, just conversations with these podcasters. And a lot of them, I don't think that they would mind because we, you know, we oftentimes talk about. Uh, talk about our shows and some of the you know the things behind it and whatnot and i think that there's just a lot of information that doesn't come up in a regular interview because people don't think to ask so i'm going to try to put out more of those but the comments from roto 35 the done the impossible episode we've got one from matt wallace from variant frequency good guy just did a reading of a piece of short fiction for variant frequency Uh, his patio book just concluded which is called the failed city monologues which um, I have downloaded and am going to listen to next week. I actually do have to schedule what podcasts I listen to, <laughs> saying as <laughs> I have true. 300 of them, yes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I'm finishing up with book one of Seven Sun. Once I'm done with that, I'm going to listen to Mer Lafferty's Hell, and then I've got the Failed City Monologues. That's kind of in order. I've already listened to uh, uh, the first book of Seven Sons, so I believe the appropriate uh, uh, word here would be schooled, I think is the right <laughs> word. Yes, that would be. <laughs> and, and the worst part is I've actually appeared on one of the, uh, on one of the, the readings, the, you know, the, you're listening to Seven Son. I've actually done one of those, so I figured I yeah, should probably like, listen to you, the show. You should have been like, you're listening to Seventh Son, but apparently I am not. <laughs> Which I felt bad because J.C. Hutchins, I mean, besides being a great guy, he also lent a voice to um, to one of, of our course, characters yes. in the uh, Mr. Adventure uh, Christmas 
the All Star Christmas special. Him being one of the reasons why it was an All Star's Christmas special. <laughs> I, you know what? I think we need to ha- come up with an album, Rich. You know how they'll have like those uh, hits from the '70s and '80s, that kind of thing. Yeah. We have to, we have to, or like, uh, you know, John Denver sings the hits, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We need to come out with a podcasting album, <laughs> i.e., similar to Podiobooks.com. It's called Rich Siegfried Does Not Listen to the Hits. <laughs> and like, it'll start out with you just going, hey guys, I gotta run to the store real quick, and the door closes, and then you hear like, you know, J.C. Hutchins come on and go, Seventh Son, Book One, all that stuff. I think I just did an impression of J.C. Hutchins. <laughs> Accidentally, it came out. <laughs> And it's then, nice. like, at the end of the patio book, at the very end, we hear the door open. It's like, hey, I'm back. <laughs> so what's going on, guys? <clears throat> Traffic oh, was a booger. What would be really funny, actually, we should do a bit, uh, a podcast that I don't have time to listen to, but you should listen. That's <laughs> exactly like right. That. <laughs> because I do I do plan on doing, I, I do plan on starting the uh, rating system. The, really? What's the rating the, system? The, the out of 300. Remember, like what what ranking they are on my podcast list? Oh, we, tight. we talked I like about it. that. I'm gonna do that with Zay Frank. So <clears throat> nice. Where is because Zay Frank in your list? Zay Frank was number one, dude. But uh, anyway, Matt Wallace uh, says good interview, great promos, but nothing can catch the hilarity that is Rich Siegfried doing Shatner doing Mal. Dude, what a horrifying visual. Shame on me. Next time, <laughs> famous Jane quotes as read by Chekhov. And if vicious were horses, we would all be eating steak. Now, let me. In case you didn't listen to that episode, which shame on you. Um, I had a. Orig- you know, I, I had can tell spoiled- one person who didn't, and that's J.C. Hutchins. That's and right. It serves you right. <laughs> I had actually. Um, <clears throat> I had spoiled Serenity, uh, the you know so, some of the major plot points in Serenity to a friend of mine who was about halfway through watching the series, and so as my oh, punishment, what was voted on by by some folks that uh, I should do a dramatic reading of William Shatner doing Mal's uh, uh, rallying speech from Serenity. Um, and our second comment was Leisha, from Lee Sherollis saying, Dude, Vilsack already stepped down. More fundraising for you than Siegfried in 08, which of course refers to uh, a comment that I made in episode 35 and dealing with my candidacy. Which, speaking of my candidacy, I've got audio comments, courtesy of P.G. Holyfield. This is P.G. Holyfield from the Murder at Avedon Hill podcast. Podcasting's rich Siegfried is running for president? But what about Ross Perot? Oh, well then, he's got my vote. Rich had my vote, too. Oh, sweet. And of course, if you'd like to send us any audio feedback, please call the Roto line, 954 603 roto that's 954-603-7686 now i did promise two kinds of 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 comments now it wasn't just the ones that we read and then some audio we have actually had some weird strange phenomenon i like to call emo spam um you know obviously because we're online we get considerable amount of spam uh comments and whatnot on the website which i typically delete but there were two that kind of really captured my attention mainly because i think that i i would like to track down whoever did it and after listening to how emo they are you'll understand why i think that they deserve <laughs> gift certificate to hot topic to kind of complete the whole emo outfit and <laughs> <laughs> and that that particular joke is dedicated to Melissa, CD girl, rxrcds.com. Very cool. Melissa's cool. She sells good CDs, and they're cheap. Yes, absolutely. 
The first one comes from Homebus. I've just been letting everything happen without me lately. I've just been hanging out, not getting anything done, but uh, maybe tomorrow. <sighs> I just don't have anything to say. I'm pretty much doing nothing worth mentioning. Nothing seems important. Now, in the interest of of not quoting him properly, I do want to say that that sigh was added for dramatic effect. Yeah, it was an implied sigh. I felt the sigh was necessary. The, what is he advertising? He's like advertising like suicide. It's a home busy. <laughs> You know, it's like Doctor Kevorkian hotline. <laughs> that's no, exactly what it is. You, what was the web link? Was it Kevorkian dot com? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, my God, he's really moving into the 21st century. What? Well, what? The it's funniest like thing. 2. The funniest thing about this is that these two comments are actually promoting some type of stay-at-home home business. Oh my it's like, God! And, and apparently, it's doing wonders for this guy. They're like aiming for like the depressed shut-ins. They're like, as long as you're going to stay home and cut yourself, why not lick letters? <laughs> All right. Our, our final one comes from... Go ahead. You're going to have to read this. I'm sorry. I, I don't even know how to pronounce this. A bohombus. A bohombus. Which homebus is just short for home business, but I mean... My name is not Toby. It is a bohombus. A bombers. A bombers. <laughs> All I can think of is like he's aiming for like these these people that sit in the dark corners. Like he's aiming at the people like 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 characters in a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> I feel like all these should be read in like the voice of like Edward Scissorhands. I haven't been up to any. Oh my God! I'll do it as Michael Jackson. There we go. I haven't <laughs> been up to anything lately. I've just been letting everything happen without me recently. Today was a loss, but. Uh, that's how it is. Oh, well, it's not important. Come here, blanket. <laughs> Little I Billy, see, so this home business, it's like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> these home businesses are like, like aiming themselves at, at huge aging rock star pedophilias, pedophiliacs, pedophilians, pedophilians. Wow, that is is a very defining demographic to go after. That that's kind of surprising. I don't know why they would. But, well, you figure they've got a lot of money though, so you really only need like one. It's really, I mean, you just get him or like Roman Polanski. That's all you need. You just get the one, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> just... That's true. Oh God. All right. So that said, are we gonna go to a break? Yes, we need to, sir. Now, we of need course, to go if, to a break. I, I, I need to look into <laughs> this home business because I, I feel like swallowing a lot of pills and drinking tequila. I think we have a new sponsor <laughs> for the show. <laughs> oh, that, that, oh, that's it. Oh, okay, that's awesome. All right. <laughs> Requiem All right, cool. of the Outcast, brought to you by our own self-pity. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, we're at break. Let's go. And, uh, of course, if you want to leave us any feedback, leave audio feedback at 954-603-7686. That's 954-603-ROTO. You can also email me, rotooutcast at gmail.com, or feel free to leave feedback on iTunes or on our shiny website, www.requiemoftheoutcast.com. Are you trapped in a corner of your own self-loathing, slowly wasting away before the world as it slowly passes you by? Do you feel as if your job wouldn't even matter if you didn't exist? Do you have thoughts of suicide, depression, or uncomfortable thoughts about people around you? Do you feel like taking the movie Ishtar 
and putting it on repeat on your DVD player. Then perhaps you should consider opening your own home business. Licking stamps is a perfect way to pass those depressing, dull hours filled with depression and thoughts of suicide. Basically, ever since my girlfriend left me in seventh grade, I really didn't feel like much of a man anymore. And then they told me that the wart on the back of my neck was cancerous, so I pretty much didn't go out much anymore. But then I found licking stamps and sending out letters from home. I could make money. And I want to die. Before I found this business, I was a very depressing person. But this home business of licking stamps has really changed my life. I'm a much happier person now. Everybody can really tell the difference between me and the old me. I've even got into counseling. That's right. I'm a camp counselor. I give kids inspiration every summer. Hey, Mr. Johnson, is this a good birdhouse? It's fantastic, Billy, but there's one thing you need to complete it. You need to tape up all the windows, and you need to paint the inside of it black. That way, it'll be a happy birdhouse. Thanks, home business. The Kevorkian home mail-out business. Because death is only 39 cents away. Brought to you by the folks that brought you suicide. It's like telling God, you can't fire me, I quit. That works. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Oh my god, okay. this is the dark episode. <laughs> hey, hey, you. You listen to this podcast. Yeah, I, I gotta talk to you for a second. I got this friend here. He's doing this podcast. It's, it's a book. A, a podcast novel. And he's asking me, how do you think I can get the people to listen to this podcast and I understand this problem I mean yeah so many podcasts out there it's tough to choose huh but you know what I told him respect respect is the best way to get people to listen when the people respect you the way I do it reflects on you and your family so if the people respect you then they will listen that's what I told him now this podcast is Bill about battings in the case of the singing sword done by a friend of mine named T. Morris and I respect him I respect him like family. So I think the best thing for you to do is listen. Because if you don't listen, then, you know, you're being disrespectful. And if you're being disrespectful to his family, you're being disrespectful to my family. We understand each other? All right, that's good. Now, here's a pretty lady to give you all the details. Billabub Battings in the Case of the Singing Sword. Find out more by clicking on the Billabub Battings podcast banner at www.tmorris.com Okay, you got all that? Capiche? That's good. Very good. So why are you still here? I mean, what are you doing? Shouldn't you be subscribing? Now? The soul of the city is plagued with corruption. Every day cops see death. But for the first time, I felt it. I used to believe in justice. Now, I'm on the edge. Working with dead cops is your best, isn't it? Son of a bitch! You're both lucky you still have your badges. I have no more of that bullshit. 
Have fun with that new partner. The hell do you think you're doing? I'm taking charge of the situation. You're making a big mistake. No, I'm correcting one. I've got a clean shot. Hold it, Mitchell. I can take it right now. You should have pulled the trigger. Port City PD is the critically acclaimed police drama made available exclusively via video podcast and can be found at one place. The number one new media network, Podshow. Visit portcitypd.podshow.com to see the show and portcitypd.com to join the community. If you thought the last show was intense, you ain't seen nothing yet. This is the Kingfish, along with the Vicar and Super Geek Billy from the Geek Label Podcast. Sure, there are other geekish podcasts out there. But really, who are we kidding? Do you want your geek news? Do you want your thoughts shared across the globe? Looks like you've got mail waiting. Do you want a chance to win amazingly cool t-shirts? Well, the game is afoot. News, information, prizes. We'll bribe you if we have to. A look at any and everything from hardcore geek to stealth geek. And if you're not careful, you may learn something before it's done. Don't believe me? Then check out this completely random man-on-the-street testimonial. Hi, this is George Takei. I love listening to the Geek Label Podcast, and you will too. Get your geek on with the Geek Label Podcast. Another quality product from Geek Label. So you come home after a rough day at the office, have a drink, torrent the latest movie, make a sandwich, buy a human off eBay, listen to your favorite podcast, and not leave them any feedback. I know what you're thinking. Perfect night, right? Wrong. Go to iTunes and leave them some feedback. And that's something to think about. And welcome back in Requiem of the Outcast. I'm Earl Newton. And I am podcasting's Rich Sigfred. You're, you're Africa's beloved son, Earl Newton. Africa's <laughs> beloved son, Earl Newton. I, I've, I've forgotten the motherland when I said that. When I forgot to say that. I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, so uh, coming up, we got a couple of things. First of all, I think we're going to have to get sponsored by like uh, Prozac or Lexapro. I think after so- that, <laughs> Lord knows we need something. My God, that was just, that was dark. That was, I, I, you that know was those, downer. Those outtakes are, are pretty grisly. I don't know. People should not. Ugh. I, I we were channeling some dark things when we were recording that. Like I remember a couple of times where I'm like, "Wow, I, I didn't know we felt this way." I, yeah, I think I think we <laughs> may end up actually having to do the whole uh, <laughs> bringing out the after dark feed. I know I've got some content for that. I just haven't put it out yet. So we may end up actually having to do that. <laughs> Which incidentally, that the the after dark feed when that comes out, uh, possibly this month also. That is going to be a separate feed. Normally, I have everything dumping into a main roto feed, but this one's got to be separate because I don't know if everybody wants all that or not. So you got to go to recordtheoutcast.com, get subscribed to that one because we don't want to to poison the children with our with our subconscious expulsion it, any more than we already do. Then we already do exactly right. So next up, we got some reviews coming up. There's a, been a couple of cool things that have coming out lately. Uh, first of all, T. Morris of, of course, you know, the Survival Guide to Writing uh, Fantasy and uh, Bill About Battings, all these great podcasts, and along with Paul Fisher from the ADD Cast and the mm-hmm. Balticon Podcast, coming out with Man vs. Child, which you can find at manvserschild.com. Tell me a little bit about this, Rich. Well, uh, it's actually a uh, you know, the, the description that they have on the website is intrepid science fiction author and podcaster T. Morris take on a two-year-old to teach you how to survive. 
This uh, basically, it's the, it's their spoof of the Discovery Channel show Man vs. Wild. They had originally done it for a, a spoof Discovery Channel uh, contest that they were running, which I actually it was caught. Funny. You know, I I caught a couple of the ones that they used, and they were nowhere near as good as Man uh, Man vs. Child. Um, T. Morris, of course, you know, being the the uber actor that he is, he, he you know he plays the plays the character to a hilt. I mean, just absolutely amazing as it. And of course, we get to see his his darling little daughter, who is just cute as a button, which we're assuming takes after her mother. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised that she wasn't wearing like a survival guide to writing fancy T-shirt during the entire episode. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. I know. I'm surprised. Yeah, there were there were no posters for Billaba Battings or for uh, Moravia. Although or he did like have a, a Sigler Kraken jersey on. Oh, that's did you true. That? At the very end, he did. It was funny, though. I mean, the whole thing was really well done. It was funny. That was the thing, is that, you know, I mean, even just just as a funny video, it stands on its own. Even if, because I've never seen Man vs. Wild, but it was still just, uh, it was still just a funny short. And, of course, you can find that at uh, manvschild.com. That's manvschild.com. You'll also be able to find that available in our show notes. It's currently mm-hmm. hosted at lulu.com, which is setting up a kind of kind of a YouTube, a little bit of a social networking, not as much uh, as MySpace, but a little bit more than, um, than YouTube. Also coming from Lulu very soon, uh, Mer Lafferty and um, Jason Adams are going to be doing a show for Lulu Radio, or Lulu TV now, I guess, um, mm-hmm. that will be uh, probably covering a lot of the authors and kind of the, the day-to-day machinations of uh, the Lulu printing process and whatnot. So I know Lulu Radio is really good. And Lulu is actually really excellent as well. Oh, absolutely. They're great as a uh, print-on-demand company. Um and I've actually done a lot of research into them because not only myself, but uh, friends of mine have been looking into it. I've had several friends who have printed books through Lulu. And, you know, a print-on-demand place, usually what you'd usually call them would be like a vanity press. Mm-hmm. They usually get a really bad rep because, you know, they're trying to rip you off or, you know, they charge way too much money and mm-hmm. the product's not very good. Lulu's not like that at all. I got one of the books from Lulu. It's really... I mean, of course, the the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. I've mm-hmm. seen some books that didn't look very good, but it wasn't because they weren't printed well. It was because, no. you know, somebody did their artwork in paint. <laughs> but um, but it's really just it's if if you're interested in getting books printed, Lulu.com is really I would recommend it as the place to go. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, coming very soon is going to be the Mr. Adventure script book, which is a collection of all of the scripts in their original format from Davy Beauchamp with a, a foreword prepared by both he and myself. So it'll be kind Are they of. Gonna, is it going to have like notes in the margin? It absolutely does. Oh, that's awesome. I love those books. I love because you just get to see inside the minds of the creators and, you know. In in the case of you guys, maybe somebody should get carded before the book, but I'm not going to judge. <laughs> Only I won't uh, judge. About it, that. Hey, d- depends, you know. I mean, if if she looks old enough, we'll let her have the book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you just there's just places where like on some pages you just got bored and started drawing things. <laughs> wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be awesome? That just like instead of all you know, I think this script should here and the, this beat come back to this way and this archetype and then there's other places where there's just like happy faces and little dogs chasing little people and you know. <laughs> this scene was pretty good as it was, but I was kind of in a drawy mood. I didn't realize you uh he had sent you an advanced copy. <laughs> <laughs> speaking but, of drawing. 
Speaking of drawing. Exactly. That was the exact same segue I was about to gank. Um, <laughs> but I stole it. Yes, you did, sir. There is a series that uh, you had actually found a while ago that I brought to your attention. And you were like, dude, yeah. I've already seen it. Wait. And yes, I was amazed Oh, yeah, that's right. It. I was about to say, yeah, I thought you were going to say, <laughs> you'd actually found a while ago that I brought to your attention. <laughs> And this, this thanks is, for giving me credit there, Rich. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I had, br- I thought I was bringing it to your attention, but as it turns out, yeah, I had heard of this before. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had been doing some research into video podcasts and video content on the internet, so I, I, I'd found this before. But they really developed it. When I saw it, it was, it was kind of slow to start, but it's, it's good. Well, drawn by pain is, the, is the, is the, the thing. Drawnbypain.com. <laughs> Um, it's a fantastic uh, video. About, I'll, I'll give you the summary. Young Emily once watched the world through blinders, so the only thing she saw was the page on which she drew. Isolated, she tried to look away as her father gave her mother lessons in brutality from which she could only hide in her mind. But that rage, that fear growing deep within her would surface, and once unleashed could never be recontained. This is the story of a little girl turned fierce woman with the power to manifest strong anime characters onto herself, and it's finally been brought to the web and beyond. Fusing animation with live action, Emily Waters slices an animated sword through all that stands before her as she struggles to deal with her real life, inner and outer demons, and the person she fears the most, herself. Now, I have to say something about this. The emo- Obviously, the, the production value is quite good. Mm. Uh, I think there's... I don't know what they're shooting on, but it looks like it's probably a mini-DV or a digital. It's, it's, it, I mean, it, it's quality. It's definitely quality. They're taking their time with it. The thing that amazes me... But first of all, the performances from the women are beautiful. Like, the little girl and the woman who plays, I'm assuming, her grown-up self. I mean, I've seen the first two episodes, and that's how I interpret it. It was, it was her grown-up self. Mm-hmm. It's really good. The, the, the biggest thing I always hold to any standard, and I, I completely berate Batman uh, Returns for this, or excuse me, Batman and Robin, is when you see a girl fighting in a movie... So many times it's not believable, and it's because the director does not take the time to really set up a situation where the woman could really beat somebody up. This is not the case. Drawn by pain, really. I mean, when this girl is fighting, you're like, okay, okay, okay. You know, I, I will back up. You are that good. Um, so you believe it's believable on that level. But the thing that blows my mind, Rich, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is if you look backwards in time, look, was it when did uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit come out? Was that the 80s? Yes, it was. I believe 84, 85. We're talking about something that was just over 20 years ago. Okay? In a 20-year time span, they are doing what they were doing in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the integration of cell animation, and, or at least animation of some kind. I'm certain it's digital, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But animation and live-action video, and it is really, really impressive. It looks good. I mean, it looks like anime, but that's what they want it to look like. It, it it really works. Exactly. And, I mean, you know, when we talk anime, we're not talking, like, Pokemon or anything like that. Yeah, that'd it's, be great. <laughs> she, she summons the Pokeball. <laughs> Which always goes really well with, you know, child abuse and whatnot. Um, <laughs> like, a, like a grown woman. Pikachu, I choose you. <laughs> well, what's, what's amazing about this is that, you know, I mean, it, it takes a silly concept of... Something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where you've got you know animation on top of live action, which you know has d- been done enough in in commercials over the years. True, but not much in the indie scene. Would you no, say that's ab- fair? And absolutely not, the, not, not on our level. Absolutely not. But that that's what I was saying is that even though it does have this cartoon, it doesn't take away from the drama 
of what they're doing. I mean, the, yes. this, when we say seamless integration, we mean on every level. Not only it does not throw you off uh, from the emotional impact of what is going on. As a matter of fact, it 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 makes you feel good. It it makes you feel like you want to cheer this person on, like something good is about to happen when something visually silly would seem is going on. You know, if you look, just take a cursory glance at it. But the thing about this is it's what, about 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes at the most? No, it's about, it's 10 minutes. Each one is 10 10 minutes. minutes. 10 minutes. It sucks you in to where, I mean, and I know I was watching it at work and my jaw just dropped. I mean, I was just sitting there just absolutely sucked in. And that's one of the, not only it's a good thing about the uh, the quality of the direction, the film, the look, and everything like that, the acting, but it's also kind of how they draw you in. Because there is an aside to this, and normally I don't like um, talking about products on, on the show that you can't get all of, like True. right away for free. Because these guys, they they actually put together, like we said, this phenomenal product, and they give you the first two episodes free. But if you want to see the rest, you'd have to pay. And I think it's only what two, three dollars an episode, or is it more? It's 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 one ninety nine. It's one ninety nine per episode. And I'll I'll be honest with you, that side of it, I'm a little hesitant. I mean, I wish them the best, but at the same time, I'm going. You know, I mean, I hope they can do it. I mean, if they can, that's mm-hmm. great. I hope a lot of people do it. But at the same time, I'm going. I don't know if it's quite there yet. If it's quite ready for 199, yeah. I mean, I, I would almost like if I were if I were counseling them, I'd say look for advertisers. Yeah. Although I don't know if I can really say anything since I I bought the videos of the Devil's Hot Pocket for a buck each. <laughs> Where, what the what? The, the Devil's Hot Pocket. It was a guy who was going on eBay right when everybody was uh, selling various things that had Jesus on them. Right. Well, this guy took a couple hot pockets and, and and well, he took a hot pocket and drew a picture of of the devil on it. <laughs> this really funny picture of the devil, and he he basically uh, did I don't know about four or five videos on the website promoting it and saying you know all the the how much fun that he had with it, but then he'd show some of the side effects like freezer burn to the peas and stuff like that while I was in the freezer. And, <laughs> and and I think I think there's so much good content online, and I think honestly this one I think. Um, judging on what I've seen, that it would be worth the price because they're talking about having, what, total of nine, ten episodes total? I believe it is a ten-episode series. And see, I agree with you. And you, so essentially you're only it. you're only paying... do it. You're only paying for eight episodes. That's two bucks an episode. You're only paying 16 bucks for a feature-length film. Now, the problem with that is that you are paying the same price that you would for a DVD at Walmart, but you are not, in fact, getting some of the special features that you would get, such as commentary, promos, trailers, uh, cast bios, and interactive menus. Yeah. I, and I agree. I think uh, I think if... If they're going to go ahead and do that and they're going to continue the sales model, I hope it works for them. I truly, truly do because I'm not necessarily against monetization because as as, a, as someone who is doing a very expensive, very high production value video cast, this stuff is very expensive. And I think the, the, the author has a right to say, hey, if you like what I'm doing, a couple of dollars, you know, it's not going to break you, but it's going to help me a whole bunch. Uh, I just hope that they do take the time to put those extras included into the package and uh, uh, sort of sweeten the pot a little bit. And I think if uh, if they do that, they may see some success. And I hope they do. Which, you know, uh, another show that, that does that is Red vs. Blue, where I think for 20 bucks yeah. a season, you uh, the, the for original seasons, they would send you a free copy of the DVD. 
but you, not only are you're getting high quality, uh, high def, not not high def, but just higher quality, higher resolution versions of each episode. Plus, they usually throw out about four or five special things into the mm-hmm. premium. Uh, premium downloads that you you wouldn't get unless you paid. So that said, I mean, I totally agree. I think uh, I think they do have a good shot at it. I want to see what they're going to do, though. I mean, I really... Uh, I got to watch the first two episodes. They were good. It definitely uh, teases your interest. I want to see what happens from here. I want to see, you know, how they promote it. Because I remember when I first went to go watch it the first time, they only were only showing the first episode or a trailer. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything was going to be 199 after that, but now I see they've un- they've allowed the first two episodes to be free, which I think is a better idea. You got to give people some time to get hooked. The first episode's good, but not quite enough to make me go, okay, great, this is this is fantastic. I would even maybe recommend they go maybe one more episode, so that people can guide it, can kind of get hooked into it. But you know, again, that's maybe maybe they have a financial situation that they need to see too, and that's that's understandable. Well, and, and I think fourteen dollars for the the whole flick might because the, right now there is no promise of extra content for that fourteen dollars, and so I do think that it's a little high. But it might also be one of those instances because it's made by independents that you know they have to charge a little more. It's kind of like the difference between going to Walmart. Yes. And going to your local uh, music store to get a CD. Music stores are going to be more expensive because they, honestly, they don't, they don't have to pay. Uh, they they can only buy a few at a time. They can't buy in bulk because they don't know if they're going to sell them. So it might be one of those. Not only that, where, but they can't. You know, they can't cut their prices enormously on one CD because they know they're going to make up the rest of it in like you know the cauliflower that you're going to buy <laughs> you know what point. i mean like they can't they, so i mean it's it's they're there to sell cds um but again the, you know honestly this is this is the hardship of doing net broadcasts that you have to decide okay am i going to make the audience pay or am i going to make the audience or am i going to get an advertiser to pay and when you make the audience pay you're really throwing the ball back in their court and it's a little bit of not in a bad way but it's a challenge it's saying you know okay if you guys really support independent media and you really think it's something that needs to be done then you're going to you know then help me then help me do this uh so that said i mean i I think if you are truly someone who does support independent media who does feel like these things that are breaking new ground and and basically carving a new future in the history of our world Uh, if you are this kind of person, then you absolutely need to donate to Stranger Things at StrangerThings.tv. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> well, one thing, <laughs> you know, what, one thing you mentioned was uh, getting a sponsor and product placement and whatnot. Uh, yeah. I think that in something like Stranger Things or Drawn by Pain, it would be very difficult to, <clears throat> excuse me, to bring in some kind of um, a product sponsor to have product placement because it can throw off the seriousness of a scene. I know when Port City PD first started, there were a couple places where I, I mean, I was actually in the process of creating a drinking game, uh, yeah. specifically oh, for, for <clears throat> yeah. And, and I mean, you know, I understand what they were doing, but it, it can, and they wouldn't do it in the very serious scenes, but there were some scenes that I thought it kind of detracted from because there's this blatant product placement shot. But there, some people that are taking the product placement and doing it very well are the guys from Acceptable.tv. 
Now, this is a show that debuted on uh, VH1 just this last weekend. It's uh, done by Dan Harmon, and its executive producer is Jack Black. Now, I know you guys know Jack Black's name, but I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of you know the name Dan Harmon, Rob Schraub. Um, these are the guys from Channel 101. Of course, Channel101.com being the uh, original incarnation, the, the, the website where you could make a five-minute uh, pilot for a TV show, have it shown online, people vote to see what comes back next week, or next month, rather. What Acceptable TV does is that they take ideas and they make two-and-a-half-minute pilots for these same shows, same process. You vote online for what shows you want, and then they'll make a, another episode. As of right now, the very first episode, it was all done by the crew from Acceptable TV, um, which are old-school Channel 101 alums. They had the gal from mm-hmm. uh, Hot Chick and Robot. They had Rob Schraub, Dan Harmon, uh, J.D. Riznar. And so, you know, at first when I when I saw it, I saw, you know, the name Jack Black. I found out what the process was, and I was like, those sons of bitches stole the idea from Channel 101. <laughs> but then I saw Dan Harmon hosting it and actually making jokes about, you know, the best way to vote is on your AMP mobile phone, which, of course, is the sponsor of the show. And, I mean, he makes fun of a lot of the product play and whatnot. But what I think happened was that the reason why they couldn't go with the Channel 101 name was because it was tied in with a pilot that they made for Fox. And right. so if if it's, you know, optioned or, you know, the rights are tied up, then they had to go with something different. And of course, hence Acceptable TV came around, which they've got the perfect URL for it, acceptable.tv. So uh, if you get the chance, go out there, check out some of the stuff that they have out there and also make sure that... Um, if you have some ideas, submit them to them because they're uh, they're they're looking for it, and it's a, it's a chance for independent creators who may not have the resources to put together such a professional um, setup as drawn by pain, because you know you may not be a media professional, you may not have that equipment or the know-how, but you can put something together. It's only two and a half minutes. It's all they're looking for from Acceptable TV. You know what I miss? Um, What's this that? Is- this is one reason why I almost wish, like for Stranger Things, I wish we could. I mean, I'm going to try, of course, but I, I wish we could get some advertisers. Obviously, the money is nice and everything, just so we can not starve and uh, not have to sell our furniture, which could happen. But hmm. the reason why I like it so much is I want a commercial break. I want to be able to structure the stories with those cliffhangers before a commercial. Mm-hmm. You know, I that's the one thing I feel like. I mean, I think every, the restra- uh, uh, Sacred Cow was well received. There's no question. But I think it would be so much more awesome if it was broken up into, say, you know, eight minute chunks. And at the end of every eight minutes, there's this cliffhanger and you go to commercial and then you come back just like they do on network TV. I love the cliffhanger. Mm. that I almost like made up fake commercials just so I could write cliffhangers because you can't, the cliffhanger doesn't work if you don't go away from the show. True. You've got to give a moment for it to sink in for the, the audience. Exactly. To savor you've got it. to have that <gasps> breath and then you come back again. I, I mean, that just, mm, it, it makes the commercials worthwhile just so that you can get those really cool cliffhangers. Yeah. So that, I mean, I don't know. That's, that is one thing that I hope, that I, I wish people were more open-minded to about advertising on the internet because it can create some really awesome shows because it makes it it just makes it so that yeah. the writer has to make the show even better mm-hmm. and it gives them the opportunity to make it even better uh, because of those cliffhangers. Right. I think that if if a creator puts in commercials into their product, then that product should be given away for free. 
I totally agree. I totally agree. If, see, but that's that's my whole goal. I don't think. I mean, you know, drawn by pain can do what they want, and that's great. I'm not chastising them in any mm-hmm. way. But I don't think people should have to pay for it on the internet. I think that you should get it for free, and I think the advertising should be left in. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that way everybody's happy. The advertisers are happy. A lot of people get to see the show, see their ads. Maybe the people who see the show see something in the ads they like and they want to get it. And mm-hmm. everybody gets to see the show for free. What is wrong with that? I don't I don't personally see anything wrong with that. And I think I think um, I think media uh, I think the Internet is is one of those things that really has revolutionized the way a lot of art is not only viewed, but distributed. And I, I think that uh, too many people. I think that the internet will always be free for creators, but I think that at some point in time, people are going to get burned out. I mean, you know, at one point in time, clicking on a like, Google ad was a good idea or a banner ad to move on to the next thing to, you know, if you're, especially if you're looking for something in particular, but they've been so bastardized now that they're an annoyance. And so nobody takes them seriously. And that's kind of one thing that I'm afraid of could happen online. You are listening to Requiem of the Outcast. For more information and show notes, visit requiemoftheoutcast.com. The galaxy is an immense place. I, your precognitive meeting planner, will guide you through this expanse, introducing you to the Aliens You Will Meet. The Aliens You Will Meet podcast is available at aliensyouwillmeet.lipsyn.com and wherever fine podcasts are available. Aliens You Will Meet podcast at aliensyouwillmeet.lipsyn.com A life more awesome. Your audible ups. Mark Twain once said, Keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that. But the really great make you feel that you too can become great. So be great. A life more awesome.com. Your life more awesome. Did you like those commercials? If you'd like to have your project promoted on Roto, contact us at reckonoftheoutcast.com and I'll return you to your regularly scheduled show already in progress. One of the, the worst things about you know talking about all this creativity is that one of the greatest uh, sources of creativity online has ended the the show was only supposed to run for a year i didn't realize that it was kind of a I, I, he says it was an internship program uh i think mm-hmm. he he just wanted to see if he could do it and what he did with the show was or what zay frank did with the show was write material almost every day Mm-hmm. He released an episode every weekday, even when he was on the road, even when he was sick. It would cover just the whatever was going on in the news. Uh, that's how it started. He would do that about three days out of the week. And the other two days he would use to spotlight various members of the community. Um, he, he built so up So now such, which show, of course, are you speaking of? Just I'm, for those who have not yet guessed. I'm talking about the show. And the one show. of the... Yeah, the show. Um, one of the coolest things about... It's the, it's the okay you know we were gonna do this whole comedy bit about that but I I just don't have the energy. 
<laughs> it's called The Show with Zay Frank. You can find it at zayfrank.com slash the show. And that's zefrank.com slash the show. Yeah, I kept calling him Z Frank. And as it turns out, I was wrong. So was I. I thought it was Z Frank, like, oh, <laughs> it is Z Frank. It is Z Frank. But no, it's actually Zay Frank. And, you know, there were quite a few of his jokes that seemingly were ripped off by either the Colbert Report or The Daily Show. Um, you could find his ringtones available on ComedyCentral.com. He lives in really? New York. Um, yeah, I'm thinking he actually works for Comedy Central. The guy's, the guy's show is uh, kind of, if you take the 30 minutes of snarkiness, or actually an hour's worth of snarkiness from The Daily Show and The Colbert Report, condense it into a five-minute episode, you've got the show. It's that good. God, but, that explains so much. Yeah. Done it? <laughs> what Zay it really f- does, because because there, the thing that blew my mind about it is that he did this every single weekday. Mm-hmm. And I kept going, you know, I know how long, I was just kept, I just kept thinking, he does not have enough time to do this. It's says, not physically possible to do this and another job. Supposedly, it was uh, six hours a day to, for each episode. That's what I'm saying, like, that's impossible. Um, not only to research, to write, to film, to edit. And, I mean, that was the thing. It had really good production values. It was really funny. I mean, he came up with some just amazingly funny gags and, and on the show. And, I mean, it was basically him talking into the camera. That's, for the most part, what it was. He would occasionally do road trips and uh, sure. he would just do things And then he's going to L.A. Time. all the time and I'm going, what is he doing? Yeah, exactly. He would go out and do auditions and stuff. Yeah, the guy the guy's clearly in the inter- entertainment industry. Now, of course, I don't know if you've read this or not, but if you go to Zay Frank's website mm-hmm. and if you click Zayfrank, you go to zayfrank.com forward slash the show, click any of the shows that you want to watch, and then look in the right-hand corner of the screen and find something called Press, there is a story... That uh, came out. That's that's linked to on his website. Mm. It was published. I'll give you the. It's called First Zay Take Hollywood. It was published in the New York Observer, January twenty second, two thousand seven, and it talks about Zay Frank uh, ending his, his show. And the quote from Mr. Frank, as I say, is the one thing I took away from my meeting with Jeffrey Katzenberg is that the work begins now. Hmm. Jeffrey Katzenberg, so he, of course, one of the major players uh, for Comedy Central. Exactly. Well, not just that, but also uh, uh, DreamWorks. Oh, that's true. Yes, I mean he is one of the three. I mean, when you see the SKG, he's the K. <laughs> I didn't you know? know that. Yeah. Yes, it is true. So uh, uh, he has been he has been in meetings with them. In fact, uh, in fact, I'll get, I'll pull a quote here right for you. Uh, let's see. Right here. It, they're speaking of a of a uh, uh, Sharon Scheinwald, a partner at the United Talent Agency (UTA) in LA. Right? Mm. There's a quote that she said: "He is a self-generating comedic force and magnet for talent, a la Judd Pato, Ben Stiller, Mitch Hurwitz. Imagine all these different people. His it says he is a guy who, when we connect him with the right people, will be able to do whatever he wants. And I'll be honest with you, I, I've watched so much of his show. In fact, you, I had seen a little bit of it before, but I didn't quite understand what it was. I saw it uh, about mm-hmm. a year ago and got turned on to it by Rich literally moments, uh, days ago, just as he's going off the air. <laughs> yeah, well, I went back and, and went through the archives after I found out that he, he ended. 
because look, honestly, this was one of those shows, you know, people know that I, I listen to a, I, I'm subscribed to over 300 podcasts and I've got to say that the show with Zay Frank was my number one podcast it, as I would come in every day. That was the first podcast I would download. If I was listening to something while I was waiting for it to download, I would pause it to watch Zay Frank. The show was that good. Um, you know, the, I, and he created such an amazing community. I mean, the, the fans were sports racers. Um, you know, he had ride the fire Eagle danger day, which he had, he <laughs> would have people create animations for opening animations. People would send in their power moves and they would, you know, and he would name them with these wacky names. And I mean, it, it was just a, an amazing sense of belonging, you know, in that, in that community. And this is what he did with, with, I would hundreds of thousands of people every day, you know, didn't matter what he wanted, how he felt, he would always roll out of bed, write something, shoot it and put it out there. And there wasn't a bad episode in the entire lot. There was not a single episode. I did not laugh out loud to. That's the funniest thing is I, cause they say that the popular shows, he lists like uh 20 or 30 of the popular shows. Mm-hmm. And I kept going, how does he choose? Cause I can't tell the difference. All of them are good. Like I, I, I can't see how one is really good and one is oh that's just a blah, blah everyday episode. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I mourn the passing of Zay Frank. I, I really look forward to, uh, to seeing what he does next. I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see how he will channel that crazy, focused web energy. I mean, it was really his, his, his style was uniquely the internet. It was, it was tight. It was. I, I, I want to see how he's going to change it to meet. Obviously, he wants to go to mainstream because mainstream is where the money is. But I want to yeah. see how he'll do that. Yeah. To find all of the episodes, the full archive is sponsored by Dewar's Scotch. You can find it all at zayfrank.com slash the show. We'll miss you, Zay Frank. All right, folks. Before we round out this episode, you know, we've talked a lot about all of the uh, podcasts, video, film. We've talked books before. We've talked web comics. But there was one avenue that we never seemed to hit. And that was music. We want to try to spotlight an independent artist uh, as as often as possible on the show. And so for our very first one, we're going to be playing a song from a group that I found, uh, I would say, about three years ago and became a huge fan of. And it all culminated into Murr giving me one of the absolute coolest birthday presents that anybody has ever given me at Dragon Con this last year. And that was a chance to sing with them in front of an audience. It wasn't much of an audience. It was a, it was in a hotel room at a party. But I was still able to take the stage with Mark Gunn to sing one of my absolute favorite Scottish songs called, appropriately, The Scotsman. Now, mm. as I cannot find a copy of that on their website anywhere, I will play one of my new favorite songs from their album, The Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. It's Happily Ever After by, of course, the Brobdingnagian Bards, and you can find them at thebards.net. That have long past there lived a fair mahogany lass, a married and virtuous prince lass, too brave, strong, and bold. Happily ever after. One morning while riding, no guards around, armed with swords and trouble abound. She heard the most horrible sound in her nose, burned with sulfur. 
hidey ho, tra-la-dee-dee, hidey ho, happily ever after. The sky darkened, her horse of fright, the dragon swooped as black as night, grabbed the maiden and out of sight, her horse went frightened home. The king he cried, all knights be sworn, kill the dragon with your sword, return my daughter for this reward that you may marry her. Happily ever after, the bravest knight in all the realm, young, handsome, and vain as well, declared his maiden the holy grail, brought off to rescue her. Happily ever after, the knight he climbed up rugged heights, snagged a run in pristine tights at cabin shaft. He saw no sights and heard no sounds inside. Happily ever after. Night he called the dragon out, but only a lady's voice came back. I killed the dragon, the lady shout, and stepped into the sun. Happily ever after, the princess dressed in scraps of cloth. Her mahogany hair was all burned off, a muddy face, the vain night scoff. Can we clean before we go? No, happily ever after. Princess still in clothes and done, told the knight, I work alone. The knight for alone of the setting sun, the maiden was happy thereafter. Happily ever after. Happily ever after. The princess, she walked happily home. She lived happily ever after. And you can hear that song again and more at thebards.net. Don't forget to go out and support them by purchasing one of their CDs, so that way you can carry it with you and listen to you everywhere. Now, before we go, we've also got a one of the skits from a cast of thousands. This, of course, being a comedy troupe that I'm a huge fan of, have been a fan of for years. We are going to be coming back with the final closing outro for the show. We will also have a few promos for some other shows, friends of the show, as well as good stuff to check out. And, of course, you can find more from these guys, A Cast of Thousands, at acastofthousands.com. It's 11 o'clock. Time once again for the Uncle Mad Dog Show. And now, boys and girls, here's your lovable host, Uncle Mad Dog. Hello there. How you little bastards doing? It's the Uncle Mad Dog Show brought to you by some cheesy video game they make in Japan. All right, let's get the show started with a cartoon. So roll the tape. <laughs> and, uh, what the... Oh my god, it's the wrong tape! Stop it! Stop it! Stop the tape! Right! Stop it! Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry about that, boys and girls. That, um, that wasn't a cartoon. That was, um, one of my own videos for, uh, after the show tonight. Anyway, let's go on to my favorite part of the show when I answer your letters. This week's letter comes from six-year-old Jonathan in Sheffield. He writes, Dear Uncle Mad Dog, where did I come from? Well, Jonathan, that's a good question. 
You know, so many kids ask this question, where babies come from, and so many times the parents go out of their way and they weasel their way out so they don't have to tell their kids the way it is. I'm going to put it to you straight, Jonathan. Your father was with his friends drinking in the bar one night. He looked across the room and saw this lady. He turned to his buddies and said, I'll bet you ten bucks I... We interrupt this portion of the Uncle Mad Dog show under the advice of our attorneys. They remind the producers that five separate lawsuits are pending over remarks made in previous shows. Our producers say it's safe to go back, so we now return you, though reluctantly... To the Uncle Mad Dog show. And then the doctors cut the cord, cleaned you up, wrapped you in a towel, and handed you to your mother. That, Jonathan, is where you came from. I hope that answers your question. Well, it seems we're out of time, boys and girls. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, it's only illegal if you get caught. Bye-bye. Okay, so I have this idea. Oh yeah. I have an idea to uh, for a game that we should do because I've been thinking about it early in the show. In the beginning of the show, you were listing like, like all these different podcasts you're doing and all these. I mean, of course, now you're running for president, but like all these different podcasts <laughs> you're doing and all these different, all these different people you're working with. Yeah. And I realized that you are the Kevin Bacon of the internet of the podcasting world. I'm the Kevin Bacon of the podcasting world. How do you figure? Well, it's like we have to play like six degrees of Rich Siegfried. Okay? Now, I dare you. I want to do it just one time. I want to do it just one time. I want you to think of like any podcaster ever. Name anybody. Uh, Leo Laporte. Leo Laporte, okay? I can get to Leo Laporte from Rich Siegfried in under six moves. Are you ready? (laughs) All right. Okay, here we go. From Leo Laporte to Rich Siegfried in under six moves. Okay, so... Uh, Rich Siegfried. Uh, we'll do it my because I know I know a way that we can do this. Ready? I, I in fact shoot I can do it in four. Um, Leo, uh, Rich Siegfried does a show with Earl Newton. Rick with the Outcast. Mm-hmm. Earl Newton did Stranger Things. With, did a Sacred Cow with uh, uh, Scott Sigler. Mm-hmm. Scott Sigler has recently been invited onto a show with Leo Laporte. Four moves. Wow. Do another one. Just do it. We'll throw one more out. Just three. A big podcaster, big as you can. Okay. Um. Yeah. Oh, how about Zay Frank? Okay, Zay Frank. Zay Frank. Okay, hang on. Ready? <clears throat> okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Richard Siegfried does uh record does does um uh uh, uh Mr. Adventure mm-hmm. with Mer Lafferty. Mm-hmm. Who did a podcast? I think it was I think it was on uh, uh, Gifu Action Grip with Jason Adams. Mm-hmm. Jason Adams played Jonathan Colton's song "Re Your Brains" on, on one of his uh, podcasts, which is how I uh, how I first found Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Colton played Zay Frank's music on Zay Frank's oh podcast when he lost the chess match. <laughs> Oh my God, dude! Six moves. We can connect you to anybody in the podcasting world in six moves. <laughs> so there you go. That's it. Maybe, maybe we should. Oh my God, maybe we should do that challenge. Maybe we should throw it out to the listeners or something like that. Okay, I'll challenge anybody. Anybody, if you, you can think of something, you'll challenge somebody. Just, just email like, it. Rotooutcast at gmail dot com. If you can think of anybody, <laughs> let's make it a challenge.
<laughs> I challenge anyone to think of any podcaster on earth that Rich is not connected to in six moves. <laughs> I, 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 I'm convinced of it now. <laughs> okay, so that's it. That's it. We're out. That's freaking awesome, dude. Get your geek on in a geek label t-shirt. Shirts for gamers, geeks, and tech heads. If you like games, movies, computers, or comics, we've got your new t-shirt waiting for you. Let Geek Label change your life. You can go from... Oh, hell no. To... Oh, hell yeah. In the blink of a t-shirt. And the best part, every design is available in all kinds of silky, smooth colors and shirt styles. Short and long sleeve tees. And for the ladies, Ooh. ringers, raglans, ladies' tees, even spaghetti strap tees. Feel fly, walk tall, be irresistible to the opposite sex. Died, even we can't do all that. Hundreds of designs, and they're all off the hook, yo. You pick the style, you pick the color, we do the rest. Because that's how we roll. Get your geek on at Geek Label. That's one word, geeklabel.com. Requiem of the Outcast. Independent media tips and reviews. A proud member of the Outcast multimedia family. Visit requiemofftheoutcast.com or outcastmultimedia.com. Do you feel like taking the movie Ishtar and putting it on repeat on your DVD player? You screwed me up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Then perhaps you should consider opening your own home business. Licking stamps is a perfect way to pass those depressing, dull hours filled with depression and thoughts of suicide. Take it from there, bitch. <laughs>